0: He was already starting to feel horny again. It was a long time, he reflected, since he had felt horny so often. A long time since he could remember feeling almost permanently horny the way he did now. Too damn long. He didn't ever want to have bad times again, didn't ever want to be poor again, didn't ever want to go through the hell of the last three years. Amanda began to blow a sweet, warm hurricane into his ear. He saw a patrol car racing up the westbound carriageway, blue lights flashing, headlights on. A couple of minutes later, an ambulance, siren screaming, was tearing up the road. Somewhere back there, there must have been an accident, he figured. Rock pulled the Porsche up at the high curb in Knightsbridge, and Amanda opened her door. He looked at her. Would you consider me forward if I asked you if you'd like to come out and have a drink tonight? she grinned. I don't know, she said. My mother always warned me about strange men. She hoisted her soft any overnight bag from the rear seat. Maybe if I write and ask nicely? Maybe, she grinned again, blew him a kiss, shut the door and stepped, with the careless abandon that only a very pretty girl can get away with, out into the thick lunchtime traffic. Rock turned to watch her, She had already reached the safety of the traffic island in the middle of the road. She turned, saw he was still there, and smiled again. Rock put the Porsche into gear and pulled back out into the traffic. He drove slowly, in a contemplative mood. He went around Hyde Park Corner, down Constitution Hill, the Mall, then along the embankment, heading towards the city. At the end of Lower Thames Street, he cut through Mark Lane into Fenchurch Street— and turned left into Mincing Lane. For the first time in two years there was an empty parking bay in the street. Not only that, it was slap outside the front entrance to number 88. Right now he decided he really did not have a lot to grumble about. The man standing on guard outside the front door was wearing a uniform that would have made the full battle dress of a brigadier look like a boiler suit. It was a tribute to his physical strength that under the full weight of the several yards of braid, the tonnage of glistening brass buttons, the acreage of immaculately blancoed webbing, and the battery of medals, he was able to remain upright. Good afternoon, Sarge, said Rock, to retired Sergeant Major Horace Bantry, the security guard and living caretaker. Good afternoon, sir. Nice one today, sir, he said to Rock. Then, as he always did with the knuckle of his index finger, he pushed his nostrils sideways and sniffed loudly. ''Smells like rain later, though, sir,'' he said. ''Let's hope it doesn't,'' said Rock, walking swiftly past him. He had learned a long time ago the folly of engaging Sarge in a conversation about the weather. It had cost him an entire morning. He walked past the discreet sign in the shape of a gold ingot, with the words Global X Limited" engraved on it in small block capitals, through the revolving door and down the white marble corridor past the receptionist Mrs. Deal, a smart woman in her early forties. She gave him a brief smile of recognition while struggling hard with considerable dignity to hold her grip on a switchboard which sounded as if it had gone berserk. He took one of the four elevators up to the fourth floor and stepped out into a carpeted corridor— Opposite was another sign on the wall, again in the shape of an ingot. It read, Global X Metals Division. Rock looked at his watch. It was just on two o'clock. He walked down the corridor and turned left into his office. It was an extremely large room, in the centre of which was a massive oval console, around which sat twenty people, each with two telephones, an intercom, a computer terminal, and a small flat worktop containing a switchboard with 100 telephone lines, known as a dealer board. Global X Limited was one of the largest commodity-broking firms in Britain, with additional branch offices in Zurich, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Chicago, and New York. The company dealt in all types of commodities, from food such as soya bean, grain, barley, sugar, cocoa, coffee, and frozen pork bellies, to materials, such as plywood, rubber, cotton and wool, to minerals such as tin, copper, lead, zinc, and precious metals such as silver and gold. Commodities are basically just raw materials, and the world commodity markets began life simply as places where raw materials in wholesale quantities